Boyston from Storytellers Australia and this is Always Be Connecting. Always Be Connecting is talking about relationships with five key audiences. Prospects, clients, team, industry and community. And today we're talking about non-for-profits. And if you think about non-for-profits, it's really interesting if you put yourself in their shoes that you realise quickly it's all about relationship building because there is a lot of stakeholders and there's a lot of accountability. So I'm really pleased to be able to talk today to the General Manager of Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation, Colin Allen. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, So Aubrey Blanche Serrano, who was a guest on an episode a few episodes ago, uh, told me that a great opening question for a podcast is... What is your superpower? So let's start there. What a great question. That is a great question to start a podcast with. I think my superpower is caring or, or is listening enough so people feel like we care about what they care about. Yep. So just being able to hear their goals and be able to act on it in a way that they feel heard and feel appreciated. Because I think what's different from our role than anything else is while it's essentially a sales industry, right? Like we're selling a product. This just happens to Mm. be a charity that we're selling, but it's a choice for everybody, right? Like you don't have to give any money to charity. Nobody's upset with you if you don't give money to a charity. It's a personal decision. So somebody has to want to do that or believe in that and then believe in you and enough to trust you with your own, with trust you with their money to make that decision, right? So being able to listen and hear them and make them feel appreciated, I think is how I've gotten to where I am in my career. What a brilliant way to start with talking about listening, because when we, you can enlighten us a little bit further into this, of of the pressure and the amount of stakeholders when you've got uh, donors, sponsors, uh, event organizers, all sorts of people going on and trying to remain true to a purpose and a vision in the center of all of that. Uh, so what what sort of um, things do you learn along the way of working at Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation to bring everybody in together? I think we're really good at keeping our mission at our center, right, which is healthy kids no matter what. So no matter what we do is trying to keep that idea that what we're working towards is better care, better treatment, a better hospital experience, which is never good for anybody. But if we can make it the best possible experience possible, then we're doing our job. So yes, we do have lots of stakeholders that we deal with. And I think you listed just about all of them, but there's more, like there's board members, there's clinicians, there's hospital executives, right? There's the government, all those things that we have to deal with. But at the, if we are true to ourselves and realize that we're doing this for the patient and for that family, and then, you know, and those strategic goals of having the best hospital system in the world, then usually people understand where you're coming from. Okay, so let's rewind a bit because uh, when you graduated university, you were you were living in America. I am American. Perhaps? Yeah, and so you were working in sports organizations. That's right. Do you want to talk a little bit to towards that and the sort of transferable skills that you found from working in sports? Sure. Um, before I started working in nonprofits, I worked for a variety of different sports organizations. I worked in rugby league in England, worked for the Oakland Raiders in the NFL, worked in tennis, worked in action sports. Um, and it's the same principles, right? Like, so you're meeting with, you know, mostly corporate partners and you have a platform and you say, like, I think I can help you sell more widgets 
if you use our sports team as a platform, that's the same idea, right? Like you're getting to build trust with them, you're helping them solve a problem, and you're getting them to trust you with making an investment. It's a little easier because it's not their money, but it's mm. a, you know it's their corporate money, but you know they have their own accountability, so you still have to build that same relationship. And so I did that for about ten years, and then I had a hospital client and with the Oakland Raiders, and we did some pretty amazing things with outreach and using the NFL team as kind of like that vehicle to do some great health promotion. Um, messaging and I just kind of realized, geez, I really enjoy working with them. And if I do, why don't I do that full time as opposed to as one client? And at the end of the day, it was nice to, well, it's nice to raise money for sports. And it's a cool thing to say at the bar on the weekend. At the end of the day, you're giving millions of dollars to mm. billionaire owners and maybe there's a better use for that skill set. And so I started working for a nonprofit and here I am on the other side of the world. So sports organizations have quite a clear defined community in the fans and supporters is is that as transferable in non-for-profits is it as well defined I think as so. a general manager I, I definitely think it is especially in education right so you have your alumni you have your parents and you have your yeah, students yeah. right so it's all kind of in that little community you know like the the Oakland Raider Nation, or I guess now the Las Vegas Raider Nation, right? Like it's fans of that team, right? Like you have fans of that school. I think with um, the Sydney Children's Hospitals Network, it's a little bit different because it has such a big impact, not, not only in the Sydney community, but across New South Wales and Australia, and some of the work that it does has a global impact. So you're, you're reaching a much broader, you can reach a much bigger audience and because people, you have a much bigger potential of people who might be interested in supporting you because of the impact that this network has. Because mm, a lot of people have had an experience. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, like, I think directly that, or indirectly. Right. I mean, what is the? I think it's around one hundred seventy thousand patients are seen through the network each year. Right. That's a, that's a large, you know, percentage of the population of New South Wales. But when you look at research and someone who finds a cure or a different treatment, for a, you know, and working with a family who um lives in Germany, well, that now makes a global impact, right? Mm. And it's not necessarily someone who's come through the doors, but maybe someone who has supported a researcher who's then found a cure for that a child's disease. And so that's a, I mean, now you're talking about making an impact for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And that's a kind of a cool thing to be able to do. So I would great for myself and the team is being able to research the potential people who might be interested in that and reaching out to them and say, hey, we know you care about this cause or this fits with your brand alignment. So, right? And then be, being using that as a vehicle in order to pick up the phone and, and start building that relationship. So that, that was my next question, actually, is sort of taking it back to the sports, sort of more the business case yeah. for it. So if, if, if you think about how you did that in sports, how would you approach different people to create win-win-win-win situations. Yeah, I mean, I think it's where we all probably use data as a, the driver, right? Like in saying like, this is what your fan, the fans of this team look like this. They're between this age group, this is their income, they live here, they drive this, they, you know, they eat this, right? They shop here. And you can say either you can build on this and you go to the same direct place, right? You know, that they all eat at McDonald's. So let's use McDonald's as a reference, or mm. you can go to Burger King or Hungry Jack's and say, you're losing because they, you're, these fans only know about McDonald's. Why, why don't you come here and tell a better story and come up with everything else, right? So there's two different ways you could go about it. And ideally, you would get them both interested and you could play them off each other and get a great deal for the team. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but then bringing that into non-for-profit, that becomes more nuanced. Absolutely. So, so walk through sort of the business case 
for people contributing to a non-for-profit? Yeah, I mean, I think now there's there's lots of different reasons why you would make a donation, at least from a corporate side. From an individual side, I think it's, it's very, I feel like it's more direct and personal, right? Like either maybe your neighbor has this disease or this incident or we spent time in the emergency room or your kid did or you know maybe you just believe in this cause or you're looking for some recognition right like just as a way to yeah. kind of like increase your status but i think for a corporate i think you could do it for a couple different different reasons like you would be interested in it for a couple different reasons one you want to show that you're aligned with the community right and, and what's better way to show that your connection to sydney and making sydney better than supporting the children's hospital right? you know, makes makes sydney a better place Two, I think you could do it to make your employees feel proud to work there. Yes. Right? And, and say that we care about things beyond just the bottom line and everything else. And three, you can do the same thing with your shareholders and say, this is something that we care about. We're a different, we're a different company. It's a point of differentiation out in the out in the community as well. So that, that that's the sort of straight up exchange. Uh, but then also it becomes um, more interesting because you can tailor events initiatives sponsorship deals to different organizations do you have any examples of how there's been a specific event for a specific demographic in your supporters yeah i mean i think our our, our flagship event gold dinner last year raised 19.2 million dollars to build a the um a complex care center for children with really complicated medical needs at, at um, the Children's Hospital at Westmead. You know, it was a whole floor out, out there in a new model of care, new equipment, new machinery, new clinicians and everything else. And, and you know, I think that was, you know, with we did that with 400 people in the room. So we had to target the people who would be not only be interested in a specific cause, but would have the capacity in order to make that goal. Because mm. the government, you know, this was already beyond what the government had said that they could do as far as the redevelopment of that building. And so this was only going to happen because of philanthropy. And so that was done by individuals. It was done by corporations. It was mm. done by foundations and all coming together to, to make that happen. It's, it, I guess it's more of an understanding of partnerships mm. and how to make things work and making sure that things are a success like not everybody is able not every business is able to ensure the success of a fundraiser at a higher level so i think with what we do and what i think the team at the city children's hospital foundation does so well is managing expectations right yeah okay and i think that's something that you know, we all have to do whether you're a nonprofit or not is manage that that client's expectation of what we can do. But if someone says, look, we've only got $25,000 to spend, that team, the corporate team in particular, does an amazing job of sitting down with them and explaining, here's the best impact that you could have with $25,000. Or if you care about this area, this piece of equipment, or you could help fund part of this person's salary and everything else, and being really clear on what we can do to do that, right? And sometimes it's a direct donation, sometimes it's a golf day, Sometimes it's, you know, a gala event, right? Or sponsoring a gala event that's that amount of money, right? Like, so it's all about trying to find the right fit for mm. whatever their budget is or whatever they can do, but making it feel special. I do think one of our challenges is that we raise $90 million every year. And so we do have people who say, well, what is my $5,000 going to do? What is my $10,000 going to do? What's my $100,000 going to do? But I think we are have so many different needs and the hospital network has so many different needs that if we can have that conversation with them and explain where each dollar goes to 
and that everyone can feel like they're part of this. And we talk about this a lot as a movement of many. There's 32,000 people who support the foundation each year. And it only works when all of us are coming together to, to make that happen, right? $90 million doesn't happen because of one person. It happens because of 32,000 people coming and what, trying to make it up and believing in that we should have the best hospital system together. So everyone has a role to play. So I think if we, as long as we can make that case, and I think we do a good job of it, mm. um, then usually everybody feels like they have a role to play. 32,000 clients, if you look at it or, like that. Yes, I guess you as, could. Yeah. <laughs> as, as supporters, yeah. that's a huge, huge amount of people, huge amount of entities, stakeholders, whatever it you is. want to call them. It's a big responsibility for us right? yeah. to have 32,000 people entrust us to make that decision out of their hard-earned income to believe in us that they want to make a difference. Like, I think we all feel that weight each year that we we owe them to do the best job that we possibly can and make sure that they have an experience where they feel good yeah. about their decision. And uh, are, there, are there certain times where they want a very visible return? Yes. And uh, what sort of, how, what ways do you show that, that economic for you? Yeah, I mean, there's everything from a plaque on the wall to um, a tour. Uh, a, co sure. a, a coffee with a clinician, chance to meet our CEO, you know, low down on the list would be lunch with me. But, <laughs> you know, I think it just is in general, it's just we just try to be as creative as we possibly can to say thank you, where they can see the impact of their okay. gift, but also for us to have a chance to say we acknowledge the fact that you made this decision and we're very grateful. So that's an interesting direction for the conversation is the sort of the, the thank you. Yeah. So sort of beyond the sort of creative, are, are there uh, more standard ways of, are there sort of initiatives that you run to show gratitude to the, the community? Sure. I mean, we all immediately after a gift, we send a thank you letter within, you know, 24, 48 hours, they get that, you know, most often they'll get a call. Uh, we do a couple of different thank you events each year where we invite everybody to come and see, you know, to hear from us and see the impact over the entire year and everything that happens at the foundation so they could see that in whether it's in video form or, or hear from a clinician in that way. And then depending on who they are, we do those other things, right? So that's where we do the tours or the coffees or the meet and greets and those kind of things, right? Mm. Um, obviously, you can't do 32,000 coffees a year, but we do make sure that everybody gets a thank you in some form or the other. I mean, I think that's probably 90% of our job is saying yeah. thank you, but that's a that's a pretty good job. So that's interesting. So we've got a bit of a sort of process forming from this conversation where listening is such a huge part of the beginning. And then there's an alignment, an initiative, and appreciation. Uh, is there anything that you add, would add to that? You covered it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're ready to work for us. That's good. <laughs> um, so you've got some long-standing people who have been contributing to Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation for a long time, and then I'm sure there's plenty that come, yeah, uh, fleetingly, or you know, not in insignificantly uh, through the door as well. So. How do you sort of manage th those two streams? Sure. Um, I mean, I think especially in a, with a children's hospital, there's going to be some, you know thousands of people each year who are giving one one time, right? They give it because their neighbor's going through something, or they you know took part in a fun run that year and everything else, and that you know, and then they'll move on to a different cause. I think for us, if we just hope that 
if they decide to support something else, it's because they're interested in another cause, not because we didn't do our job of saying thank you. And so everybody, we want everybody to feel important. We'd like to get to know you and understand why you're making that gift. And if you would like to go on a bigger and more in-depth journey with us, we're very happy to do that with you. But we also understand that, you know, sometimes it's just the right place, right time. And that's yeah. okay too. We just want you to know that we appreciate you thinking about us at that moment in time. Um, what are the sort of sales and marketing uh, initiatives do you work through with Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation? Just in terms of making yourself known and making yourself aware to the community. Yeah, I mean, we run two um, big appeals that are in market and work with, you know, different uh, media partners but at Christmas and at tax time. We have a couple of wonderful partnerships with uh, the Sydney Swans and the Western Sydney Wanderers, and they help us tell our story a little bit. Um, you know, we are out there doing things like this, mm. right, to kind of make sure that people know who we are. Obviously, everything we do every day, just, you know, going out and meeting with people helps spread those that word. Um, we do lots of uh, EDMs and marketing and everything else. And I think the whole idea of all of that, right, is for someone to put up their hand and say, I'm interested in this. And then from mm. then you go through the whole normal sales channel thing, right, of like, okay, if this person is in, interested in this, why are they interested in that? Let's find out more. And then we can kind of put them together and set with either, uh, you know, someone who works in that area, is an expert in that area, and then help them find a way, a way to, for them to make the donation or partnership that they're really interested in. And then at the center of it all, of course, is the patients. Yes. So uh, what, I mean, we can imagine some aspects of it, but what are the, what's the legacy of donating? And um, what, what's, what's the important things that Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation do to support uh, patients' families? I mean, at the end of the day, that's all we do, right? Yeah. So, like, all, you know, all the dollars that we raise, right, like, the, and when we, that we contribute back to the Sydney Children's Hospital Network are there to improve research. They're there to improve patient care. They're there to improve um, clinicians, right, to make sure that the hospital can hire fellows or, you know, support faculty that way. And then they're also there to make sure that the, the building is in the best shape it can be, right, so that it's as good of an experience visually and from a care perspective as possible. So I think the patient is always at the center of the hospital's work, right? And then our job is to support the hospital. Mm. The the legacy extends often beyond just the bricks and mortar, the the patient care. The, there's also sort of I've seen Sydney Children's Hospital do uh, plenty of things for people who have been in hospital in the past and. Uh, they need a bit more support beyond their medical care, sort of a more uh, social care that that comes out as well. So yeah, I mean, I think like one of the groups we probably love supporting the most is like the the child life therapist, right? So like when when someone's there in the hospital and, and needs you know music therapy or anything else, which is you know I got, it's absolutely related to the care, but it's not medicine directly, right? But it does improve mm. the experience and does help the family and everything else. And it, like, look, I think what I say a lot is, you know, nobody, there's no way we're gonna make this amazing experience being in the hospital, like that can't be our goal. It can't be amazing to go to the hospital. Nobody should want to go there, but if we can do the best that we can to make it as good as an experience as possible. And then I think we're, we're doing our job as a as a foundation employee. Because mm, that holistic care as yeah. well multiplies 
the 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 care i think so right i mean i'm not a clinician so i can't really tell you about like the you know the the factors of 10 that that probably improves right but i can look at you know the designs for the new redevelopment and see that they're doing you know single family rooms all the way through uh, it just makes sense right like it can't be it can't be enjoyable to be in a room with a bunch of other families while you're going through a traumatic experience like just yeah. having your own personal space to you know, either, you know, have, have a moment where you can cry and not in front of everybody else, or just a moment where you can talk to your family and not have everybody else here of well, that, that feels like that's a better experience. You know, they're building in desks in that new space, right? So like, if you have to be there for a while, you, either your child can continue doing their homework. So they're not as far behind in school, or if you're there as a parent, you could do a little bit of work as well. So you can feel like you're not, you know, letting your family down or whatever, however you might mm. feel. But I do think it's that holistic idea and going from as many people in a space as possible to thinking about each person as an individual, I think will make a real difference when these buildings open. Amazing. And then Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation, you've got five key. We do. So we fundraise for the Children's Hospital at Randwick, the Children's Hospital at Westmead, Bear Cottage and Manly, Kids Research, which underlines all of our care, and then the uh, NETS, the Newborn Emergency Transport Service, um, which uh, is statewide. Yeah, amazing. And then what, what, how does a person listening to this engage with Sydney Children's Hospital Foundation and what kind of expectation or value or, or message do you want to give them? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier that we do have a movement of many, right? So there, hopefully there's a place mm. for you no matter what, and, you know, so whether it's volunteering at one of our many walks and our big community events or, you know, do, doing a, a neighborhood fundraiser or if your kid is interested in helping, like we can help you set up a lemonade stand or whatever for your kid and give it, help them give those tips all the way to, you know, coming on and being a corporate partner and, yeah. and really buying in and saying, geez, you know, Sydney's better because of having world-class care. And then I'd like to make sure that, you know, my company is supporting that. We'd love to talk to you about a partnership there. You know, we have, mm. as I said, every every opportunity we think is pretty amazing. And so whatever level you're thinking, I'm sure we can find the right fit for you to feel like you're, you're a part of this movement. And it's interesting because it's not just checks. No. At the end of the day, there's, I, I really like what you were talking about, just, just walks, just... Yeah talking to each other and looking for opportunities, looking for ways to contribute. So th there's a possibility for everyone in that sense. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if City for Surface is for everybody because I couldn't do that run, but you know, yes, you could do, there's an opportunity for you to be part of, of this and, and supporting the foundation either through you know, volunteering and handing out water at the event or running and, and asking your friends and family to support you. There's opportunities all the way through. For any age as well. So yeah. the fact the I've been to some events where I've seen volunteers and there's yeah young kids helping out, it's doing great. some good things. Yeah. I mean, our, I think our volunteer coordinator is second to none, and she's amazing. She comes up with amazing opportunities for people. But yes, we have you know school age kids who come and help out at the gala events, right, and are around there talking, interacting with owners, and we have people like I said at you know at runs and walks on the sidelines helping out or putting together a great after event experience so people feel like you know the people who did the run feel like they accomplished something or have a way to celebrate and you know there's there really is something for everybody and so where where, where can people find those initiatives so is that on the website yeah i think the best thing to do is to go to our website which is schf.org and you know we'll give 
give us an email or a call and we'll mm. put you we'll, we'll connect you and make sure you talk to the right person follow on all the all those social, social media a, something for everybody yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. yeah and uh what about 2024 what was some big key events or hopes and dreams goals dreams. <laughs> <laughs> i should call them goals yeah. in the business, business um, world yeah no i mean i think you know we have our flagship event coming up in may our, our gold dinner which is always a fun event year over year in a new secret location so we're excited about that um i think in general we're just continuing to look at what's um what's the biggest impact we can have on kids health right and trying to make sure that we are being thoughtful and strategic as we go into our next strategic plan on and what are the what are the three to five really big problems that we can solve in, in children's health? There's so many different things, and I, we find ourselves in a really fortunate position where we have lots of supporters. So, uh, outside of just you know, we want to make sure that we fund all the immediate needs, but what are the big future needs that we can move the needle on as well? So, I think we're really excited about where we are in this place for the foundation and, and what it means for the next few years for us. Beautiful. Thank thank you so much, Colin. That was really helpful, and I think it's. Uh, interesting to think about it not only in terms of uh, how businesses and individuals can look to support and create impact but also like uh, business lessons uh, from non-for-profits I really uh, enjoyed the the listen align and appreciate and I, I think that just beautifully rolls over to all facets of life and business and well you came up with it so i'm going to steal it so i'm glad you like it as well <laughs> it's all marketing yeah. at the end of the day yeah. yeah beautiful so if you if you want to join the movement of many please hop onto social media and follow sydney children's hospital foundation they are doing great things and thank you for listening 